This episode is sponsored by italki, a very convenient way to get regular English practice into your life by having one-to-one lessons or conversations on Skype. What happens is you check out italki, you look at all the teachers they have available, and when you've chosen the teacher that you like uh, and you get some lessons, italki will then send you a voucher worth 100 italki credits, which you can use as a discount in the future. To get that offer, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. italki is a really great service and it's like a really cool way to push your fluency and build your confidence by having conversations and lessons from the comfort of your own home. It's a really great idea and you should check it out. And I'd just like to thank italki for supporting episodes of this podcast with their sponsorship. Okay, here's a new episode then. And here's the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to another episode of this podcast for learners of English. Uh, On the podcast today, I'm talking to a friend of mine called Fred Iango. Uh, English is not Fred's first language, but he has learnt it to a proficient level, enough to complete a master's programme in business management and marketing in English, and to do regular comedy shows in English as well. I've invited Fred onto the podcast because I want to talk to him about how he develops and maintains his English, what life is like in the country that he originally comes from, and we do talk about those things, And Fred says some very interesting points about how he's pushed his English on his own. Uh, But also we end up talking about lots of other things like history, geography and cutlery as well. Yes, cutlery. That's knives, forks and spoons. Um, Now, you'll hear that Fred speaks with an accent which is quite difficult to put your finger on. It's hard to identify exactly where he comes from. And I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm not going to tell you exactly where he's from at this moment because I want you to guess based on his voice. So as you listen, try to guess uh, um, where he's from. What do you think? Where do you think Fred comes from? Um, You'll see that although it's his second language, uh, Fred's English is precise and accurate in terms of grammar and he uses a wide range of vocabulary and to a large extent that is down to the way that he's applied himself to his acquisition of English. Um, we ended up talking for about an hour and 15 minutes in this conversation and I've decided to publish it um, the whole thing, all of it, in one single episode rather than dividing it into two episodes because I think it's best enjoyed without interruption as one continuous flowing conversation. Okay, so it's it's time to begin. And the first thing that you're going to hear us talking about is the First World War, in fact, because um, Fred's been listening to a podcast called Hardcore History with Dan Carlin, which is an excellent podcast if you're interested in history, Hardcore History. Um, So Fred's been listening to that, and he's been listening to an episode of that podcast um, about the First World War. Um, And so um, that's the first thing we talk about. Um, Okay, so now I will let you listen to our conversation in full, starting with some stuff about the First World War and then moving on to all sorts of other topics, including language learning, uh, geography, a bit more history um, and also a few tangents about films and things as usual. All right, then that's enough of an introduction. I will now let you listen to the conversation and here we go. So, hello, Fred. I've started. Okay. How are, oh. you? How, are, how are you? I've already asked you how you are. Yeah. You, you just, like, when you came in, I asked yes. you. But now, 
all of that stuff that didn't happen on the podcast okay. that doesn't exist. It's not reality. That's this right. is reality. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm good. I'm good, man. I uh, glad to to be in the apartment. Yes. Where it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Welcome onto the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Is this your first podcast, or have you done a podcast before? No, it's the first one. Really? Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Uh, this is a good start. I listen to tons of podcasts constantly. I w- I'm listening to one right now, actually. It's about... You're actually speaking on one. Yeah, I'm speaking right on now. one. Well, not listening right now, right now, obviously. <laughs> I'm talking to you. No, but on my way here, I was listening to one. It's called um, Hardcore History. Hardcore History. Yeah. It's a guy named Dan Carlin. He has like these long stretches of just him talking about a subject for like 20 hours. Really? Yeah, in like six episodes of like three hours each. And this one is about World War, the First World War. Oh, really? It's quite interesting, yeah, yeah. So what have you learned about the First World War? Uh, So far that it should have been avoided. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it feels like a lot of people... just didn't do their job well it was a it was a weird part of history like a mix between the old ancient world and like the and just on the brink of the new modern world and etc so it was a very weird moment in history and just like bad things happened at a bad moment and you had the bad people in charge because you still had this mix of you know new republics like france and then old monarchies like russia where you know wrong roll of the dice and you have incompetent people <laughs> Right, uh, yeah, they're uh, the wrong spots, people. So, people yeah. who hadn't been chosen, or people who hadn't gone through like a system of quality checking yeah, or something. Exactly, just like members of this old dynasty that exactly. had been there from the beginning. And everybody was the cousin of everybody else between England, Russia, and Germany. So it was just family tensions, and then incompetent people just born there. So, yeah. so the whole First World War was just like one of those family arguments. You had George at that time? George? Um, yeah. No, uh, it was either Edward or George. The last George was the, the guy from the King's Speech, George the right? Sixth was the king uh, during World War Two. Yeah, exactly. And no, I think it was George the Fifth before him, because Edward was the one who abandoned the throne. What's the word for that? Uh, abdicated. That's right. Abdicated. Yeah. Edward the Seventh. That's a vocabulary for your people. Very good. No, very good. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Edward the Seventh abdicated. Yeah. Uh, because of the, you know, Mrs. Simpson exactly. thing, because he chose to go off with this divorced Catholic woman. Exactly. Um, and then George the uh, Sixth, sixth uh, became the king, as we all know from that film, the the uh, King's speech. The King's exactly. speech. Um, no, so, <coughs> you think it was uh, George the Fifth? Yeah, George the Fifth. Since yeah, yeah. he died, like for the Second World War, so it should, should be him. That's right, um, Fred. You're exactly yeah. right. It was so, George. So, yeah. So cousin George and cousin uh, Nicholas and other cousin uh, Wilhelm or no, what's his name? The German yeah, one. Wilhelm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Kaiser Wilhelm. Yeah. They didn't agree on stuff. Okay. And then the war happened. Were they actually related, those those families? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because of Victoria. They're all related. Yeah, Because really? yeah. of Victoria? I think when, you, when you look at pictures of uh, George and Nick, they really look alike. They almost look like brothers. Wow. It's really it's really weird to re- to think that it was, just, what, 100 years ago and you had like those, those families that were all related. And I mean, it was like that in all of Europe, to be fair. Mm. And eventually, it didn't work out. Right. Well, um, in inbreeding is not something that usually works out, <laughs> especially at the highest levels of power. Exactly. You don't want inbreeding uh, <laughs> in that situation. It's not necessarily good for the yeah. the gene pool. Exactly. Um, I see. All right. So you're learning about the First World War now. Yes. Um, all right. So 
you, you listen to loads of podcasts. This mm-hmm. is the first podcast you've ever been on. Yes. I don't know if I've, I will have done an introduction because uh, I, I do usually do these long, drawn-out introductions, but I'm trying to do that less. Okay. I, I'm trying I, to do the, the rambling I, later in the episodes exactly. instead of the beginning. Since I listened to your podcast, I heard about that as well. Really? Are you <laughs> yes. familiar with that already? Yes. Okay. <laughs> have you heard many of the episodes? I heard some, as I told you, uh, some like with other people I know, like Amber and Paul that have been on the podcast. So you picked up the general sort of vibe of the podcast yeah. thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm, well, I'm ready. For you're ready. Anything. You're prepared. Exactly. Okay, good. So, <clears throat> what I normally ask at this point is, um, uh, my guest is, how do we know each other? So, h- how do we know each other? Uh, so, we met on the stand-up comedy scene in Paris. I started after you. So, I mean, when I started doing the shows where you were already on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you were there. So, uh, I yeah, mean, that, that's that's how, it, I mean, it's quite straightforward yeah but yeah that's when, when did you first start doing stand-up i started in the um, end of march 2014 right. i think oh yeah does it oh coincide God. with something else that happened in your life no it's just because that uh, the event is was managed by um by a place with a website so i can like and they have pictures for each event so I can go and track my first picture and know exactly when. So, so the point is, what you're saying, Fred, uh-huh. is that you can't remember without the aid of the internet. It, it was the last Monday of March. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't worry. No one's going to check. Like <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, um, yeah, so no, I, I just can't remember if it's 15 or it's 14. Okay. So anyway, A March, few years. A few years, yeah. I think it's going to be my third year. Okay. Year. Yeah. All right. So, yes, we know each other from the stand-up scene here in, in Paris. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And so it's been since 2014 or 2015, two or three years. This yeah, is going to yeah. be your third year, basically. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. And, um, uh, and and actually, Fred, I mean, I don't know you very much outside mm. of the world of stand-up. True. So, actually, what I want to do in this episode mm. is uh, talk to you about your English, because mm-hmm. that's kind of like the main reason that, you know, we decided to talk on the podcast. Yeah. Because you've got some things to tell me about, uh, like learning English and stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, I just want to basically kind of get your entire life story. Okay. Um, so, where are you from? I'm from Cameroon. Okay. And so, Cameroon. how long have you been in France? I've been in France for six years. I also know the exact date if you want. Yes. Uh, we need exact dates exactly on Luke's English the, podcast. The 9th of September, 2010. Okay. You've been here longer than me then. Oh. I've been right. here since roughly the 9th of September, uh, 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I arrived in France a couple of years after you ah. and started doing stand-up here straight away because I was already doing it in, in that's, London. That's the difference, and yeah. So I was I, already sort of doing it. It took me more time to uh, to start with the stand-up. Right. Exactly. But yeah, I, I came here for my studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied, uh, I went to a business school called HEC Paris. Okay. Uh, it's, it's out of Paris. It's uh, actually, it's next to Versailles. And uh, so I went there to do a master's degree yeah. in uh, management, and I majored in marketing. Okay, um, sounds very uh, sounds very prestigious. It's a good a, school. A it's business a good school. school just outside Paris, near Versailles. I'm thinking it's a <laughs> rather good uh, posh place. So yeah, sounds exactly. like it. You you have you do have twenty year olds with BMWs, SUVs in the in the school. Yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah, you do. Wow. <laughs> so it's one of those schools. It's it's a little more mixed than that. It's not only that. You also have normal people like me, <laughs> but. Uh, 
Um, I'm not dissing on rich people, by the way. No, they, rich they, people. They, they are don't fine. care. They don't care. They don't, yeah, they <laughs> exactly. They, yeah, they don't mind. We can diss them as much as they want. They'll be like, "Well, we, I still have a BMW." Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words cannot take my BMW away. From me. <laughs> I think, exactly. I think that's how the rhyme goes. Exactly. Great rhyme. Great rhyme. That um, well-known rhyme. Exactly. Um, all right. So, what you came here to study? Uh, it was what ma- business management and yeah, marketing. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, business. You entered. Uh, so I have two years of for the masters. So the first year is generic management stuff, and the second year you have to major. So you choose a specific subject. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was marketing. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, when did you graduate from from that masters program? Um, 2014, actually. Okay. And yeah. then immediately, like, how can I use these business skills? Exactly. I will try and make groups of people laugh. Exactly. What? Uh, um, so what was the thinking behind that idea then? After graduating with this good qualification in, in business mm. management and marketing, why mm. why choose to do stand-up? I'm not sure myself. Well, I, I'm thinking about dates again. Um, oh, don't get don't get dragged down into the details. Okay, okay. No don't problem. worry about the dates. It's the, you may have graduated uh, with uh, qualifications in in business marketing, but you okay. don't need to be accountable to, <laughs> to numbers and figures yeah. here. This, this exactly. is this is an, a, a, a no number zone. This is Luke's English podcast. Okay, no so the numbers are not important. Give us yeah. qualitative data, not quantitative okay. data. Okay, uh, no, but I've done. Things on stage for some time, let's say. So I've I've done some dancing, singing, um, and then during my last year on campus, I did the musical, mm-hmm. so the the school musical, and I started doing improv comedy. Um, and at the same time, I was discovering American comedy stand up, basically. Right. So these two things kind of intersected, and I started writing a little bit on my own, but I didn't really know what. I wanted to do with that and I wasn't sure mm. what to try or not and then I discovered that mm, the place it's called Spoken Word Paris uh-huh. uh, it's a it's a so it's basically an open mic stage for artists of all types it's mm. mostly poetry and spoken word and slam uh, and then, slam? yeah I don't, I don't know I think it's the same as spoken word so people People talking basically without a piece of paper, but have storytellers of some kind of like poetry without reading from a book. I, I guess slam poetry or slam is like the, uh, it's like a word for perform like performing poetry. Yeah. But if you say it's going to be a poetry reading, it sounds a bit kind of boring and dull. Whereas if you say I, I we're going to do slam yeah, on yeah, yeah. Friday, that mean. sounds a lot more exciting. Yeah, it's basically yeah. poetry, live poetry readings. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's a lot more cool than, than that. Uh, yeah, it can be a lot more cool than that. Uh, they have young people too. Um, <laughs> no, so I, but they, they accept everything. Uh, so I went there mm-hmm. and I tried stand-up for the first time there. Um, it was... I, mean, I think, as it is with most people trying stand up for the first time, it wasn't good. <laughs> and <laughs> really, yeah, it, it, it's actually interesting. They give you five minutes. You you have to have a five minute spot. Uh, and halfway through my uh, my set, a guy started banging at the door because he wanted to come in. He thought it was the toilets. I think <laughs> it was quite a little scary. But anyway, <laughs> what you were like? So anyway. <laughs> I need the loog, let me in! Exactly, it was literally that, so... uh, Better that than them trying to get out. Exactly, oh my god, that would have been... Maybe a better story, but... (laughs) Hi, my name's Fred. 
exactly um so yeah i just went there and tried and then i just started doing it more and more and i just kept doing it ever since nice. in, in a way yeah mm. i just mm. started writing more and trying stuff and trying new places and then meeting people like you as in discovering new places yeah right yeah yeah now we i see you sometimes at the so gymnast that's where yeah. i see you most often exactly you also run your own show yeah now i run my own show uh since october which is the comedy square at the pan am art cafe yeah. very nice place very i still nice haven't bar. i still haven't done your show yeah i know i know any tuesday yeah any yeah tuesday. i'm gonna i'm honestly i swear i'll be there soon <laughs> no it's, problem that's all bad about it no i'm not i know i don't feel bad about it although <laughs> except i do in a way feel bad about mm. it because uh you know yeah. i know I schedule, to... schedules are complicated it's it's, yeah. it's not it's not easy to just manage everything at the same time oh, and no. then yeah no, I, I know i can't even manage my breakfast <laughs> let, alone, let alone my monthly schedule yeah um I yeah say schedule i say schedule oh okay And it's not just me. <laughs> it's millions of people. There's loads of us. Okay. Who say, who say that? <laughs> the schedule people. Okay. Schedule, yeah. That's, mm. a, British, that's a British thing. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, because I... Well, we'll talk about it later, but I never know which pronunciation to, to use. Really? Yeah. But you something. say... Do you say schedule? Yeah, it's a schedule. Okay. I think yeah. you're, you're in the majority. Okay. I think that most people say schedule. Okay. Even though it is American, Fred. Yeah, I know, I know. Ugh. But see, I don't like, I don't, I write organized with an S. Okay. But I say schedule. So. <laughs> yeah, get some, get some. <laughs> exactly. Just be exactly. consistent, for goodness sake. I can't, I just can't. <laughs> I don't think it matters that much, really, yeah, does no, it? No. As long as people understand you. I mean, that's what language is for. Yeah. To communicate, not to be right. <laughs> I mean, if, if, for example, I had a conversation with you. And you said, you know, well, I'm going to, I'll check my schedule and then I'll write you an email. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, fine. He's going to check his schedule. And he said schedule, but I'll let him get away with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to write me an email or write an email to me. And then in the, <laughs> e and then in the email, you, or, you spell organization with an S. I'm, I'll be fine with it. Yeah. I'm not going to go, what the, <laughs> what are, what's he talking about? He said, shed, he said schedule. And now he's writing organized with, a, with an S. You're going to send me a, a fiery email. Yeah, like, dear oh. Fred, you're fired. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> Please be more consistent with your spelling and pronunciation. Okay. No. Uh, no, I don't think it matters that much, really. Okay. Um, yes. So, yeah, we're going to come on to that in a bit. All right. Mm. So... May, um, oh, so many things to talk about. Yeah. Um, okay, so you do you do the stand up and stuff now, mm -hmm. and I've seen you on stage recently. Uh, yeah. You're very you're very funny. You're very funny, man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, what do you talk about on stage? Um, now I, I what do I talk about on stage? I talk about me a lot. Yeah. Or some experiences through my my filter, basically, or through my prism, in a way. So what I talk about mean? what's your filter. I don't know, like my personality, right. basically. It's, I think it's inter interesting for me to write about stuff I see, the way I see it. Um, and so talk about my experience about living in Paris and moving to a different country and the cultural differences you can find here or um, ethnicities and stuff because I'm, I'm a black person. It doesn't show in the podcast, <laughs> I hope. Oh my God. He's black, everyone. <laughs> uh, like being black or being from Africa or being from Cameroon or uh, coming to study in a different country and mm. meeting people in a different context. 
and and also about silly things sometimes uh, about people's habits in France or people's how people's habits differ between France and Cameroon, for example. Uh-huh. Or I'm writing a joke about spoons right now. But spoons. You, yeah, exactly. Like Can we you, hear it? Can we hear the spoon joke? I'm not. I'm not good at like out it's, of context. No, of course. You know, it's 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 a. You can just tell us about it. You don't have to tell yeah. us the joke itself. Yeah, it's it's basically about how um the it's about the the life of a tablespoon, uh-huh. and I think it's because it's something people use a lot for very common things without appreciating it right. enough. I think I yeah. think there's not enough appreciation for tablespoons in the world. So right. I'm kind of like trying to make that right. It's a sad story. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it ends up in like marital trouble and stuff. Oh, does it? Yeah. Most of my jokes end end <laughs> up in sadness or death or something terrible happening to people. Yeah. The spoon ends up in marital trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the yeah. spoon gets married? No, the spoon is married but doesn't get enough respect from the family. So What's the spoon married to? I've been asked that question before, <laughs> and uh, it. it uh, I was talking about it with another comedian, you know, Lara. I do, and and, and uh, we started ta- thinking about that whole being married to a fork and mm. uh, gender things, and because the fork, I would imagine yeah. the fork would always want to be married to a knife. <laughs> knife and fork, right? They always go uh, together. Yeah, it's so a spoon and spoon. Spoon spoons get married. Spoons just don't get married. Maybe oh my god! Maybe, maybe they maybe they get civil civil married. Uh, see, see, they, they, and then you get in a, a whole debate about you know what is the meaning of marriage. Yeah, <laughs> do they do spoons have the right to, to get married? They should because I think if, they should. If the spoons start getting married, then the knives, <laughs> the knives and forks will get upset. Yeah, exactly, and and they'll march in the street for against spoon marriage. Uh, oh my god, that that will be awkward. Really awkward. I know. It would be terrible, wouldn't it? The knives and yeah. forks all arming up against the spoon. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But, but spoons are just so useful, though. They are. Yeah, they are. Very. And they're yeah. appreciated. Okay. Anyway, so l- I can't wait to hear the full story when it when it finally comes out. Please, you uh, you'll probably hear it soon. <laughs> I look forward to that. Yeah, exactly. Have you have you ever used a spork? No, but I know I I've rediscovered it uh, recently. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think I've ever had. I think um, I just you just quickly move from spoon to fork when your parents start trusting you, right? But yeah, yeah. But I never. I don't think I've ever used a spork. I think the idea is that someone thought, look, three items of cutlery is is yeah. too many. We need to, we need to combine them. Yeah, yeah. at I least mean, two of them. It's a smart idea. It's a smart idea. Yeah, it's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that that I mean that just shows, doesn't it, that the spoon and the fork do go together exactly to an extent. I think the spoon and the knife that that marriage wouldn't work because hmm. either you you know the sp- either you have a spoon or a knife. It's a spoon and a fork or a yeah, knife and a fork, fork right? Yeah. Chopsticks. Ah, another a whole other debate. That's right. Because um, you can do chopsticks and spoon. Yes, they do that in some countries in Thailand. It works very well. Yeah, they often yeah. have a spoon and some and some chopsticks. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that, it's just for the noodle and the soup, for example, if you have a pho. Exactly. Exactly. If you've got, yeah, like a noodle soup, you can exactly. use the spoon to eat the soup and then the yeah, exactly. chopsticks to eat the... Maybe maybe the chopsticks are going to come in yeah. and save the spoon <laughs> in your story. I don't know, exactly. but we'll, exactly. wait, we'll wait and see. Okay. Um, so, okay, you talk about silly stuff like spoons, stories yeah, and things, which is, well. which is cool. But well. you also talked about sort of cultural differences, like, mm-hmm. you know, for example, the difference between Cameroon and France. Yeah. So you moved here to go to university. Yes. 
in 2010. Yes. And so up until that point, you'd, you'd basically grown up in Cameroon. Yeah, all my life in Cameroon. Right. Before that. Okay, yes. so what was it like then moving from Cameroon to France? Um, to be fair, to for me, it, it was... It was okay. It was okay because it was. I think it was a strange situation because I I moved to a campus, you know. So I it was in an, in a sort of bubble, a university campus. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't in the city or anything. I was just in school mm-hmm. all the time, and I was in that very, I mean, closed world because it's a campus, you know, and you're far from everything, and you just go to class, and then you have all the stuff happening on the campus uh, whatever sports and music and mm. all the the clubs different type of clubs mm. um so i didn't really jump into like the, the parisian life as some people might do when they get here uh and it i came to that later so my experience is much more of a mix um it was uh it was i mean it's never completely easy to move to a completely different country yeah uh it was a little rough at times but i think it, it worked it worked out okay because you just try to recreate a sense of community with some people of i mean i did find some people like to recreate that sense of community with you mean like uh sort of fellow cameroonians no actually no because i was the only <laughs> i was the only one in my class so there was no there was no option for that at the time i mean yeah. i have some some family here that i i I, I'm still connected with and that they welcome me here. And um, so I came here with my dad, actually. My dad came with me when I came here and I have some cousins living in France. So at the time I have, I have, I had some family, I still have them. Uh, so <laughs> I still have the yeah, family. You didn't, you didn't like get rid of them. I, I didn't abdicate them, the family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or you didn't give me like, I can be the only one. <laughs> exactly. I'll be the only one in France. Get out. I didn't Highlander my family. <laughs> that would have been horrible. <laughs> can be, there can be only, <laughs> exactly. there can be only one. I didn't uh, Iango steal their France. powers. Um, no. Uh, yeah. So I have to, so when I got here, I didn't, I wasn't completely lost. I was the only one, mm. but also on campus, I was, the only Cameroonian in my class. I had some other Cameroonians on campus, three, I think, but they were in different classes. They were in the, their last years. It was, we were not like really classmates or anything. Yeah. So, I, so talking yeah. about the, the, the kind of group of uh, like, like-minded people that you got together with, that was probably the people you did the comedy show with and the, the, the musical. Um, Is that right? Yeah, not at first because I did the musical during my last year. Mm. I know it was just like other, mostly foreigners, Actually, um, just a whole bunch of crazy people I just like agreed with on most subjects. Right. Uh, because also you have, uh, in my school, because you have different ways to get in. You have the class, what, what is considered the classic way for French people, which is you go to a prépa, or like, which is like a spe- special boarding, two-year boarding, two or three-year boarding school mm. after they they get out of high school. So they get prepared specifically for all the big, to get into the big schools and then they get there and they get there uh, in what they call L3, which is like the last year of the bachelor, basically, yeah. in terms of uh, equivalency. Yeah. Yeah. And so other people like me, international students or other French students that didn't go through the prepa boarding schools, they get in during the master year. Mm-hmm. So you also have that kind of difference between like the real people and then the other people. Oh, I see. So yeah, it, 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 there could also be some tension about that. Because some of the students probably felt like 
we're the real students who exactly. studied to get here, and you're exactly. the ones who were given a scholarship or something. Yeah, exactly. You, and you don't went, you count. get in the easy way. You only had three years of regular school. You know, it's like okay, fine, right? Whatever. Right, I see. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so I mean. I don't really know anything about Cameroon. I mean, mm-hmm. I sort of know where it is. You say in your stand-up, you yes, have a joke about a, that. Yeah, exactly about about the uh, location of Cameroon. But I don't know yeah. if you want to repeat it on the. Yeah, the the well, Cameroon is um, in Central Africa. It's as a one of uh, another comedian said. It's in the armpit of Africa. So you know, there's on the west side is that right angle. If you broadly see the shape of Africa, yeah, exactly, it's at the right angle. So there's that exactly. kind of uh, inward corner on the on the west side. Exactly, there's the large part that sticks out on the side, which is where you get like what, what Senegal and Gambia, Mauritania, so coming so. all the way down from Algeria on exactly. the west side, all the way down to that large, and then it kind of comes in. Exactly, and there's a corner there. And we're right at the corner. And Cameroon's right in the corner. Exactly. In the armpit. <laughs> the armpit of Africa. The armpit of Africa. Yeah, exactly. I've heard it referred to as the hinge of Africa. Before. The hinge of Africa. The oh, I, did, I didn't know that one. Okay. I don't know if, if my listeners are all familiar with the word hinge. Yeah, well, like, a, like on a door. Like on a door. The thing that squeaks. Exactly. exactly. The part of the door that squeaks, it's that part that sort of allows the whole door yeah. to open and close. Yeah, the link between the door and the wall. Right. Yeah, the exactly. link between the door the and the wall is the hinge. I've, I've heard it referred to as the hinge of Africa because okay. it's sort of like is the point at which, I guess, I don't know. The, it, the it, metaphor. It, it turns. Yeah, the metaphor doesn't work. <laughs> the metaphor doesn't work because yeah. it's not like the whole of Africa is turning around. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's exactly. all static in one position. Mm. But Cameroon borders a number of other countries in yes. that area. Uh, it borders Nigeria, Chad, uh, Central African Republic, Gabon. Uh, am I forgetting some? I think you might be. Uh, I might be. Don't uh, worry. Uh, yeah. No one else is going to know better Con- than Congo. you. Congo. Congo as well. Yeah. 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 I think okay. that's it. Okay. Yeah. So what can I tell you about Cameroon? It's, yeah. uh, it's an interesting country. Well, one of the classic facts is that it's one of the only country which has French and English as, as the national languages. Because um, many, many of the African countries can pretty much be divided into like English speaking and yeah. French speaking. Yeah. Like roughly. You can, you can have exactly. So we are in the mainly the French uh, the formerly French colonized section. Mm-hmm. But um, what happened is that we are right at the edge of the, the English part, which is... Well, not actually. At least in that part, there was there's Nigeria, and that was English. Mm. So what happened was that um, they were originally visited, let's say, <laughs> by the German people. Um, visited exactly uh, for a long stay by the <laughs> did they stay a bit too long yeah exactly anyway there was the the original uh, were colonized by uh, german people uh-huh but they lost the first world war so in 1919 after the versailles treaty and all that all the german colonies were taken back by other people including french and english but because we were at a strategic corner we were divided between French and English people. I see. So s- roughly 70% of Cameroon is French. So the, what's that, east side, like center east. Mm-hmm. 
and the western part was for the the, the UK like the part um, that was bordering Nigeria exa- exactly is yeah. English speaking exactly so it's mostly French speaking yeah, yeah. and partially English yeah. speaking too. like the two big cities are in the French part of the country and there's like 30% that are, okay. are English speaking I see exactly so which part are you from French French speaking okay yes I exactly. see. So is French the official language? Both are the official languages. Like, right. Just like Canada. Uh-huh. I think that's uh, the one thing in common with Canada. Right. And the exactly. fact that you're next to Canada in, in the alphabetical list. Exactly. Yeah. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's... No, 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 no. I was about to say Cambodia, but that's before Cameroon. I think maybe, yeah, right after Cameroon, there might be Canada. Right, um, I think so. Yeah, so that's the story. So I'm from the French part of the country so my first language is actually french but the advantage is that you can get english everywhere do do, do most people speaking in the french part the, yeah. the, the largest part do most of them speak like good english what do you think i don't know well it's like it's a complicated issue but like right now it says that it's it happened quite recently there's there's always been a kind of tension between the english part and the french speaking part uh, because the the let's say the the whole government system of Cameroon is in the French part, like okay. m- mostly, so the capital seat and everything. So you you're and also most of the country is also French speaking. So you're bound to have some discrepancies mm. uh, between both parts. Uh, and I think right now the people in the English speaking part feel like they're a little left out. So there's some problems <laughs> right now. Like the the uh, the internet has been cut out seriously the, yeah exactly i don't know if it's still going on as we speak but it's a thing that happened at least w- wait a minute the internet's been cut out in what the whole of the country or just the english- no, the, way, the english speaking part the english p- speaking yeah. part has got no internet yeah to be fair i don't know all the details but i know that at least in some parts of the the english speaking country uh english speaking cameroon like because there's been some protests and everything and the, the there was some like police violence and everything it was it oh was it was quite rough and yeah so like the so it, so- it sounds a little unstable that the, yeah the, the english speaking part were yeah. protesting about something probably a lack of representation yeah exactly it's just like you know like having french speaking teachers coming to for example english speaking schools to teach like in french or in english and stuff like that okay. it's like can we just have some representation in the yeah. system and now there are people you know asking for just like going back to a federal state as it was in the 60s or just like you know going away but i don't think you know mm. I mean, the, it's, usu- yeah, it's the usual struggle to for representation yeah in the system mm-hmm. and the usual struggle of like you know a majority culture sort of dominating the minority culture yeah, yeah. and and so uh, the English speaking part sort of protested against these problems and yeah. what the the government switched off their internet as <laughs> basically a, really yeah it, it's it's a class it's a classic oh controlling the w- the ways of communication you know it's like you know, if if they can't scream you if you can't hear hear them scream they they might as well not be screaming uh so it's uh, yeah it's pretty it's pretty weird i mean to i'm not the most political person no. like i'm not really into politics but it's just something that's so big that i can't avoid yeah you know it's it's like i can't talk about it and pretend it's not happening no, basically absolutely yeah yeah so it's uh but yeah there, there are people that are 
much more into that and much more um, activated not, about politics. Yeah, they, people know more and can say more about it than yeah. than, than I do. But well, I, I just you know, have to mention it. That's yeah. not why I brought you onto the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't. I think at the time we we talked about me coming here, it wasn't happening. So it's it's quite recent. So uh-huh. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it was in the back of my mind because we, I knew we were talking about uh, about that. To be honest, you're the only uh, Cameroonian person I've ever had on this podcast, mm. and mm. and so. You know, don't worry. We don't expect you to be some sort of expert in the political <laughs> yeah, situation yeah, yeah. there. But any any sort of um, yeah. any anecdotal yeah. evidence yeah, exactly. is always good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah, yeah. there was um, such tension and that that measure had been taken. Yeah. that seems pretty extreme. Yeah, yeah but I, I think from living in the French Far is that something you really see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the you know it's it's an it's an issue that's quite far from you. Yeah, and then uh, now there's that it's coming back. You know, it, there's been tension before, but I think when I was living there, it was not as hot as it as it is right now. And for some years, it hasn't been. But I think it's just like, mm. you know, if you don't fix the problems, it just keeps coming back. Right. Basically. I see. I'm just yeah. trying to imagine an equivalent in the UK. It's a bit like if Scotland started campaigning for an in, for another independence <laughs> referendum. <laughs> exactly. And and uh, the Parliament in Westminster just shut off Scotland's exactly. internet. Exactly. That would be, be very strange. Yeah. But I saw that Edward Snowden tweeted about that. Did he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's quite weird for a government to just like... Yes. Switch out the and internet. Especially today when internet is fast becoming uh, a basic um, right. Yeah, exactly. Of, it, and it's just a basic utility. I mean, people are using it for business. You know, so... Yeah. Businesses are getting affected at the same time. It's like, hey, it's that? essentially like throwing the country straight back into the early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to well, be fair, for Cameroon, maybe the early two thousands. <laughs> really, really. Yeah, well, a little delay, yeah. obviously. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd like to know more mm-hmm. about Cameroon and, yeah. and what it's like there. Mm-hmm. I've never been. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, um, <laughs> apart from the the other things, I mean, it's it's a nice country to be to be fair. I mm. I I, uh, I like my country. It's 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 fun. Uh, the what is what is it interesting because of the geographic situation? It's you have a big mix of uh, landscapes. Right. You have in the north is more of a savanna, so it's like drier and you have closer to the desert parts. You have like the big equatorial forests. You have the Atlantic. Uh, you have the mountains in the west. Actually, you have like volcano, volcanic, volcanic, uh, volcanic, uh, um, volcanoes, volcanoes. Exactly, and um, so it's you, quite interesting. Yeah. Don't you have an exploding lake? In, in oh Cameroon. yeah we had uh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that one that's uh, throwback to the nineties again uh, yeah but uh, I mean <laughs> I don't know what I'm but yeah though, it's I don't know actually, just yeah, yeah. It's, it's not really that funny I suppose yeah exactly it's not actually that funny when but you think it, about it it's a very serious uh, yeah it's, it's, uh, envir- it serious, yeah. environmental thing but there is yeah. a lake which periodically explodes it's just yeah, I guess it, it, I mean, when you say that like, like that, it sounds like as if there's fire bursting from the lake. It's not exactly that. It's, it's like right. a, it's like uh, pockets of gas mm-hmm. uh, getting released uh, from the lake, basically. So that area is like, I think you can't leave it there now. Yeah. But they're trying to re- rehabilitate somehow, but it's quite complicated. So yeah, uh, I think in the 90s, it was like an incident with the region around the lake because I think people didn't know. Mm. Or people had forgotten. I, I'm not sure, okay. but I think yeah, there was an incident due to the gas. Yeah, yeah, we have we have some like 
a lot of underground activity yeah. in Cameroon in those regions. Yeah, so exactly. I think there's a fault line that's in that area where there's... Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so a massive diversity in terms of like the geography. Yeah, uh, one of the languages as well. Yeah. We have, but we have the French and English as national languages, but we have we have more than 200 languages wow. spoken in Cameroon, yeah. Are they, are they distinctly different languages? Yeah, yeah. Wow. 200 and... I mean, of course, you have language families but you have in those families you have distinct languages so in total you have like 200 280 languages and these are like tribal languages right yeah exactly wow so yeah we don't have like for example like you you have like swahili for example which is like another or zulu which are very big languages in the region no we have like all these little languages that are just like being kept alive somehow in the, all that diversity. Amazing. That's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Do you speak any of those languages? No, sadly, no. Because in the, then I went, I'm from like, in the later generations, it's, it's because it's the school system. So you go there and you learn French. So it's the use for those other languages is not as common anymore, I think. So I, th- I mean, it's. I think it happens with a lot of languages around the world, where you just have this kind of uh, globalization that's happening. Yeah. So yeah, my parents, for example, didn't teach me any of the the languages. I know maybe like the base, the very basic stuff like hello and tomorrow, but you know, I'm not I'm the in- two main words that you need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what else do you need to, to survive in a country? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, no. Tomorrow. 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 Yeah, tomorrow. So yeah, I didn't learn any of the other uh, other languages. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, but you you grew up with French, and you, mm-hmm. you you learnt French, you know, in childhood and all that stuff. That's your yeah. first language. Exactly. How did you get your English up to the level that is it is yeah. now? If so, if English is a second language, right? Yeah, for me. So how ca- tell me about English? How did you manage to get your English to the to the level that it is right now? Um, so as I said, because English is also an official language, um, you get. English lessons in school. So I started learning English when I was four. Um, Do you remember what the lessons were like? Sorry. It, it was, uh, I mean, it's, when, when you're a kid, you really start with the most basic I am, you are, he is, the days of the week, the, from one to ten. Hello, you know, tomorrow. Like, Hello, tomorrow. <laughs> uh, that, that's how they welcome you. First English lesson, Hello. Tomorrow, right? And you don't know what they what they mean, but yeah, that's how they start. Yeah, um, and then gradually you start getting into grammar, verbs, tenses, and then the more vocabulary you get, thematic lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to learn about all the coulda, woulda, shoulda, etc. All okay. those, uh, how do you call how do you call those modal, modal right? Modal verbs, exactly. Yeah. Modal verbs. Uh, yeah, as, as you grow up, it gets more and more complicated, and at one level, you start to working on your pronunciation a little bit, you know, not to sound too much like having a French accent, for example. Like, it's something you can do. Um, but also, uh, because of... Um, there's, there's some opportunities to learn English a little more, if you want. Yeah. So there was, for example, the British Council, I told you about. Oh, really? Which, yeah, we have British Council. Well, um, we're everywhere, aren't we? Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a great... It's a, I told you it's a great name. It's such a... Such a posh, just high standard name, <laughs> British Council. <laughs> it sounds great. Um, yeah, they have British Council or an, an, another institution which is called the Pilot Center, uh-huh. where you can also go and learn English. So you have all these institutions where, you know, if you want, you can 
get your English even better. Mm. And I, th- I think that now, because also people are just looking outwards a little more and just getting the learning about the interest of learning a second language more and more people are doing that i think that in my generation for example more people speak good english than before because before it was very french centered in terms of i mean living and also i think even when you're thinking oh if i travel i'm gonna go to france for example so more people staying in the french in the french thing Mm -hmm. uh but now i think it's just seen as a skill you just have you know, so people learn more English now. I think. Okay. Yeah. Do do most people of your generation speak English like you? Um, I or don't. Do you, or, know. or is your English a bit better than everyone else's? I th- I think on average is it maybe a little bit better. Be- only if only because I had to have classes in English. So I had my degree in English, for example. Ah, right. So I think it's just a level of immersion that you don't necessarily have. Okay. Like, I will say that. Like in my generation, most people speak good English and can work in English, but don't necessarily live in English, which is something I did a little more, maybe. Yeah. And what about accents? If I if I went to Cameroon and hung around with some people, yeah. would they all speak with a French accent? No, it's a mix. I think there is. Um, I think you will get more of. I think is a pigeon accent. Uh huh. Which is something you get closer to the Nigerian accent, maybe. Okay. I think you must have heard it, yeah. being from the UK. Yeah. yeah. Something close to the Nigerian accent. I'm, I'm terrible at doing accents, so I can't even try. You can't do it? No, no, no. I, I'm, I know. I'm not good at accents. Uh, but it's something where, yeah, you, ha- you have closer to the accent because even when people learn English, they sometimes learn English from people with an accent closer to pigeon. Like a mix between British and pigeon. Pigeon. Yeah, exactly. You, can, you might have to explain that one. So pigeon is a, is a basically a word that uh, that's used to designate like mixed languages. Mm-hmm. You know, where you have so basically something that happens when uh, English is introduced in a country and it's modified by the people acquiring English. So it's not exactly English. But it's a mix between English and other languages, and it's a kind of a hybrid language. Yeah. So that's the word. That's what the word pigeon means. Yeah, and it's sometimes used a little pejoratively. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe in some in some context it's pejorative. It but does, that's how it's not always pejorative. Yeah, and it's where, where I'm from. It's not. I I don't think it. No. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. People say they they, they speak pigeon English. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily negative sounding, yeah. but it, sometimes it's used in a negative. So, way. Sometimes, yeah. It's sometimes it's used to say you don't speak English properly. Right. Yeah. yeah. But no, in, the, in this context, it's just I think it's just to say, yeah, that's like a yeah. kind of hybrid. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and and I guess you could say it's a bit of a simplified version, but I mean, yeah. obviously, your English is like is 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 native like. Um, and um, so what makes the difference? I mean, you, you talked about the institutions that are available mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. But I mean, you, I think often mm-hmm. getting uh, a language to a, a, a good level is a personal yeah. thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What about you as an individual? Do you think uh, made you different? I mean, w- what have you done yourself yeah. to, to push your English? I... I think that you you have to to find the right method for you. What what what's going to work for me if I really want to improve my English? Um, I think me it was a mix of lessons and also, as I say, the just the principle of 
immersion. Mm-hmm. Even before, I think even before I got to France, which is <laughs> ironically when my English got much better. Really? Yeah, because of my school. Well, because in school when so basically I was in an international program, which was most mostly taught in English, and then my last year was exclusively in English. Here in France? Yeah, exactly. So it was all in English in my business school, exactly. Okay. So I was hanging out with all types of people from all over the world and you just end up speaking in English because it's just, you know, the most common thing, you know, when when you meet like a Russian guy, a German guy, someone from Tunisia and a Cameroonian guy, well, sometimes you just end up speaking English. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a requirement anyway when I was passing my test to get into school to have like a good level of English. So before before coming to France, I was already starting to just gets used to you know the sound of english listening to a lot of stuff in english reading uh writing it's just like inserting english in your everyday routine and trying to make it seem as um i don't know not make it it doesn't have to be a chore but just something you can integrate naturally in your routine so what yeah. what exactly were you listening to then? Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was listening to. I had some training CDs, just for 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 my test. I had some training CDs, like listening to conversations, mm-hmm. listening to uh, some texts. You can have uh, some things where, for example, you have the transcript of a text, so the text written out, and then the audio, the audio version. So it's good, so because you can track the words, and then when you have some trouble, you can go back to listen to yeah. to some things. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was getting uh, watching some TV shows and movies, and I was getting a lot into cinema. So it was also easy to watch a movie in with subtitles. That's something that helped me a lot because you also not only you get like the you enjoy it, so it's easier to watch, mm-hmm. and you also get a lot of accents. You get a lot of situations where people speak English. You can have people speaking very loudly or very low, and then, you know, in situation of whatever violence, and then calm, and then comedy, and different context. Um, so adding context to basically the English the English language uh, lessons in a way is something yeah. that helped me. And you just just end up learning more and more words, vocabulary. Some I think vocabulary is is the toughest part because I think in terms of grammar, if only because I been learning since i was four yeah it was easier yes for me at least yes um so i think i had the the basics acquired mm-hmm. but to speak it really you just have to get into the head of someone who speaks English. like what what i'm gonna have to do and just like put yourself in different situations and eventually you just get used to it it's just a natural process yeah, exactly to an extent but yeah. I, i'm I'm quite curious about some of the the sort of specific active things you did because we can all mm-hmm. just kind of introduce uh more of the language into our daily lives yeah. and and you know we, we're constantly hearing advice about you know just watch films in with mm-hmm. the subtitles on and all that stuff mm-hmm. but um you were talking about those those uh training CDs that you listen yes, to and you exactly. have the, the transcript right yeah exactly so were you did you actually have like have a pen in your hand were you going into the transcript and sort of yes. writing yeah yes what, what active stuff were you doing beyond just listening just for enjoyment what what were some of the more applied things you were doing active stuff yeah were um, you writing things down in a notebook and things like that um for example I will I will track a lot of the new vocabulary Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, when I was reading books, started reading books in English, so um, it was an exercise in expanding my vocabulary. So I would make sure 
to track all the new words, for example, and be sure to either repeat them or try to use them in different contexts or, you know, make a, have a little bit of writing where I can, I can use them just to cement them in my memory in right. a way. So tracking, that's interesting. Yeah. Like tracking new words. Yeah. So I always think, I always sort of uh, say it as noticing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you could say tracking as well, like a tracking yeah. device. I mean, it's the same kind of idea, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly. Well, for example, um, if I was, for example, reading a science paper yeah. in English and I discovered a new word, I will have the word and maybe do a little research around the words. So that just having that word associated to maybe a memory of looking for something and basically having a context around that word so that when I saw the word again, I was like, oh, this is what it means uh, compared to that and that and that. I, to be fair, it's something I still do today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still use that. I still use that. When I see a word, uh, usually I either... I know I know it's quite difficult to only have the definition and just remember it because, I mean, yeah. that I don't... If you just translate it in French and then try to remember it, it's quite hard because the next time you see it, it's just going to be gone again. So yeah. I always try to, for example, read some sentences with a word in it just to give it some context. So like try to just... It, as I say, if it's something I can like look for in Wikipedia or something, I just like look for it. If it's like um, I'd say that um, a concept, for example, I try to look for it in, in on Wikipedia mm-hmm. to maybe understand a little more and not only apply a meaning to it. Like to fully contextualize yeah. that word, you probably see the word being used in various sentences, yeah, exactly. and you understand the whole thing around yeah. it, not just yeah. some quick definition yeah. of the word. I sometimes think of it like it's a sort of neurological con- set yeah, of connections. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it almost is, in a way, that yeah. when you remember a word, it is about making... I, d- I don't know, but it, it feels like a good analogy, but uh, I don't know if there's actually any basis in, in like neuroscience or whatever, but it feels like a good analogy. That Imagine a word... If you write a word down on paper, mm-hmm. it's always good to create like these mind maps... Yeah, exactly. Where there are all these connections to other words that you mm-hmm. already know, and you create the more connections you have between that word and other existing words, yeah. the the stronger it it will be in your mind, yes. and the more likely you will be to actually remember it yeah. and then use it properly. So, yeah. what you do by when you find a new word by um, like reading around it and exploring the word, you're creating more and more sort of memory pathways mm-hmm. to other existing yeah. things that you've got in your head. Exactly. Yeah. And as you say, it, it's about um, a word doesn't live on its own. A word it's <laughs> designed to be used with other words. And it's also about precision when you you speak. I think it's a, a good way to assess someone, someone's level, you know, because you especially i think in english because it's because of its structure you can use the word the word the verbs be and have basically everywhere if you want to mm-hmm. but i think it's a good exercise to go past that and try to have more active or active verbs to use to put in in place of be and have and just have the exercise of failing a little bit in a way of uh, failing a little bit yeah I, I think it's it's good when you learn language to to fail a little bit because there's always this awkward part where you're not sure what you're about to say or something and you try to use the words and not exactly the word but you know you thought you had the meaning right but not exactly so you know I think it's good to like have some pack pack in more and more words and try to 
take some chances. <laughs> push the boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Push the envelope a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and eventually you just get to that stage where you, you, you're as comfortable. Well, you'll never be exactly as comfortable. As, yeah. as you're in your native language, unless you're like some of these uh, people that are lucky enough to have like two native native languages. Right. Um, Paul, but you, Paul Taylor, basically. Uh, oh. Although he doesn't know any words in English, so it's <laughs> not about, as we've established on this, on this podcast. I'm just, joke, I'm just joking, of course. He's brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get into that beef. Um, no, don't go there. No, no, no. no. <laughs> a classic LEP feud. Um, oh, yes. It's a long-running feud there about <laughs> Paul's, Paul's knowledge. Of, of vocabulary in English and his general ability to win to win any game <laughs> yeah, 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 on yeah. this podcast yeah exactly I, I don't want to take sides this is my first time I don't think I'm, I want to <laughs> no <laughs> no you don't have to take sides Fred don't worry we're not uh, well, you, yeah you're not expected to yeah. do that or, yeah exactly um all right this is it's very interesting like you know mm. sort of like looking at how you've you've done this then um what about your accent i've heard you say before on stage yeah that you don't know what your accent is do you yes. is that true yeah it's true but well as i told you it it you it's a mix i think between between well between i don't between, know what between i don't know where that one came from i don't from. know what between is exactly <laughs> it's it's a mix between i think french British English, American English, and Pigeon English. Yeah. Because of just all the influences I had. It, most people related to American American accent. Definitely. It, it's closer to American accent. I would but say so, yeah. It slips sometimes. Sometimes it just, it's just, some words are just not the way an American <laughs> will say them. But, um, but generally, Fred, I mean, I would yeah. say that you've, you've got, you're much more American sounding than anything else. Yeah, that's true. That's it's it's just a function of environment and the fact that yeah, I I I actually learned a lot of English through movies and comedy. Yeah. So and that's very American influenced. So eventually, I just you know, I yeah. just got that part. Originally, I think my my first awesome one of the 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 best teachers i've ever had in had in english I had a very british accent really he, he when i was it was in first grade actually in the how do you say middle school is it yeah middle yeah. school yeah when you were about exactly. what sort of no not 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 first grade i'm saying uh sixth grade sixth grade that's yeah. american the yeah, english american. version of, how old is that well uh I wasn't the right age. So we go back to numbers again. <laughs> <laughs> I think technically you have to be like around 11. Okay. Yeah, that's like the grade. you know the end of primary school, the, exactly. begin the beginning of secondary school. Secondary school, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, but he used to say that, to tell us that you don't say they, you said they. What? He he was he had a weird way to pronounce words, and he, he used to say they. 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 It, he he tried to like give us like the. It was close, like a closer to British, but also like some version of it. And it used to say, you don't say women, you say women. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's plural. One woman, two women. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was very much accentuated. It was really women. <laughs> it sounded awkward to me, but I always remembered it. But no, my, my first teachers were really much in the, into British English. Okay. And, if, and gradually... I moved to uh, American American English. Oh, I see because of the stuff you were listening to. And, yeah, and, and just like yeah, because again, like when I was in school, it was just like 
American English. Right. Most of the time, yeah. Okay. What a pity, Fred, that you've <laughs> you moved away from. I, I think you, I can, you went to the dark side, basically. I, I can I can still kind of fake a British accent, but it just yeah. it sounds weird. It sounds weird. Can you do some for us? Um, can Can I do some for you? For you? Yeah, that's quite a little good. like that, like yeah. that, like yeah, that, like that, like that. Again, <laughs> in the UK, there are so many different accents that exactly. If I try a British, British accent like this, it's going to sound weird because even more words not sounding right. So no. So I'm going to go back to this. <laughs> okay. Well, it's it it is interesting the way the mm. accent sort of becomes the sum of all of the kind of experiences yeah. in that language that you've had. Definitely. And I think it's just something you have to embrace. You don't, I, I, I'm not trying to have an American or British accent anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you're learning, maybe it can help just in terms of focusing on some things. But now, frankly, when I slip out of, like what I said, between, like I've, to be fair, I don't really care in real life. Sometimes it, little mistakes Yeah, happen. exactly. As I said, like it, it's it's just a function of it's not my native language, so I know it's yeah. always going to be slightly imperfect. Yeah, imperfect, 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 imperfect. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I know that's a process of constant learning to improve it, but also the realization that it's never going to be like my French, and that's completely fine, and I don't have to be ashamed by it, you know. Yeah. So well, I mean, I think that English is quite an open language, and no. you know there is so much diversity in English. Yeah, that that then there's always room for more diversity, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. And that as long as people understand what you're saying, yeah. you know, then it doesn't matter if it's a bit of it sounds a bit American or if it sounds a bit British or it sounds like something completely new. Yeah. The main thing is that um, people understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, and uh, we also we we every individual has their own unique mm. voice. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's called the yeah. idiolect. That's, idiolect. That's that's the the particular yeah, yeah. way in which an individual speaks. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's it, obviously the accent, but it's also the the particular word choices yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. you know, there's there's room for uniqueness yeah. with in everyone's yeah. English. I think like if, if I do a British accent. I can do someone something closer to Paul's than yours. What do you think that yeah. Paul and I have got different accents? No, like in terms of voices and there's intonation. As you, as you right. said, like idiot, like that. Like if I try, if right, I try right, to right, do right. your voice, yeah, it's not gonna work. But if I try to do Paul's voice, it's gonna work better. What's the difference between my voice and Paul's? I'm, voice? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I I'm not really good at like accents and impressions and my stuff like that. But I, it's just that I, I think. Um, that mine's better, basically. <laughs> I'm not taking sides. I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting. Through. Sorry, it doesn't need to be said. I mean, it's obvious. But so, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. It's yeah. It's very interesting. Can you? Well, I couldn't do a, an impression of Paul. I don't think he's. I don't think Paul speaks sort of yeah. differently enough from me for, yeah. for me to be able to do an impression of yeah. him. I, I guess I can do an. Um, maybe it will be an impression of. Uh, Called the character, yeah, the from angry Paul. You know, yeah. one kiss, two kisses, three kisses, <laughs> four kisses, for how many kisses? You're right. You know, <laughs> uh, it's it's not. Um, it's maybe re real Paul actually maybe sounds different. Right, him on stage yeah, him when on he's stage, angry yeah. and and screaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. The uh, baguette. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, favorite. Uh, uh, favorite f uh, comedians that you listen to 
mm-hmm. in English that may have influenced your English, but also have inspired you to do comedy? Favorite comedians? Yeah. So I think the two big ones are Louis C.K. and Chris Rock. I love everything they do, and I watch everything and listen to everything. And it's, it's it was part of the building blocks as as I was starting stand up. So it, it's I think it's just something always in the back of my mind. Uh, but uh, I'm 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 always trying to find new voices. It's it's just because I think comedy is something that's so diverse, and you can find so many ways to do it. Mm. And it's just always interesting to find new people. And to to yeah to find new ways to approach approach problems. I think right now um, I'm listening a lot to Maria Bamford. Yeah, yeah, she's really good, and she's just that. I mean, she she went through a lot of in her life because she's bipolar, and she went through through a breakdown, and she she has this kind of frantic energy, and she's always, and it's it's it just rings very true. And talking about her mental problems and her problems just dealing with everyday life and being in a relationship and being with friends and and just, yeah, like dealing with all your problems when you're bipolar and you know that it's something that's ever going to leave you, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, she's amazing, yeah. And she's amazing. She, um, she does lots of different characters in yeah, her stand-up a lot of voices yeah exactly and i i i love that about doing stand-up that that at any time yeah it's so free because at any time you can just go into a character yeah you can do a conversation between two people or more <laughs> exactly. on stage and it's just you and the audience is able to fill in the blanks yes you know it's just you in front of a like a, a black background <laughs> with a microphone and you're doing these two different characters having a conversation, yeah. and everyone, yeah, everyone exactly. sort of fills in all the color and all yeah. of the everything else, and and uh, yeah, and if, it works. If, it, if, it, if it's done well, people just get it. Yeah. People just get that. Oh yeah, he's he's not him anymore. He's that other person that is impersonating, and and uh, yeah, I, it, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great way to tell stories as, as well. Yeah, 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 and and she she does that so well because she does. Often her family members. Yes, exactly. So she, she talks to her a mother boy, and a mother, and sister, exactly. And she, I think she has this very high pitched voice a little bit. And then for her mom, she'll do a very American, very um, fancy voice, it's very sort of patronizing. Exactly, and Maria, did you do this and that? And then oh, I don't know, mommy, I did this and that. And then she switches between all these stereotypical voices. I like to do different voices in my act because my own voice does not command the respect and the attention that I believe I deserve. I go into some fancy shop and say, hi, can I get some help? They'd be like, no, little girl. We're not serving little girls today. (laughs) But you know if I went in there and was like, Hi, what's your name? Cindy? Cindy, I need to speak with your manager. Thanks a lot, sweetheart. Yeah, the stereotypes we apply to what is a well-behaved person supposed to sound like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's very interesting. I think it I think it's a good thing to do on stage. Yeah. To 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 push yourself into different characters mm. and to uh, have conversations between different people. Yeah. I think it, it's, it's always a good thing to do. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I always try to do, but it's difficult, mm. is to, if you set up a situation 
for example, I don't know, your spoon situation, yeah. you're kind of, first of all, you give the commentary to the audience. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know what the way you do it, but yeah. you know, just talk about, you know, it's always the knife and fork that goes together. <laughs> the spoon is on his own. I always feel sympathetic to the spoon. And then once you've set up that situation, you can have so much fun just acting it out, like sort of uh, demonstrating it by I'm a lonely spoon and I, no one wants to sit with me and then the knife and fork are kind of like oh look at this spoon like you can kind of play with the, the these different characters yeah exactly exactly you can totally do that I think usually I I what I do more than doing voices I, I, I'm trying to do more voices actually because in real life I do a lot of voices yeah. I'm just trying to like bring it into my, my act yeah. but yeah I, at least I modulate the volume just yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah exactly. You do I, I shout. Can, I can. Be, I can be quite loud, but it's something I'm. I'm, I'm trying to move away from. Not, no, not move away from. But do differently. I think uh, shouting is great, mm-hmm. but the yeah. thing that I've noticed in in comedy is that when you shout, you have to shout off the microphone. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. If you shout into the microphone, people it, told me that a lot. Right. I think when I started, I was even louder. Really? Because I like, screamed into the microphone i think it's just jarring to people oh yeah it just it, it, it makes everyone's heads explode they're like laugh laugh and then oh my god then, what happened <laughs> you know like the whole place has exploded so when you if you do the shouting thing it's you've got to shout like that yeah. and it has the effect of simulating mm-hmm. the noise mm-hmm. because you know you can hear the voices raised like that yeah and um you know i think there's something funny about someone shouting <laughs> Off a microphone! And then speaking like this again, what's the... Excuse me, sir, can you calm down? I'll calm down when someone speaks to me! I'm, I'm speaking to you now, sir. I don't... I don't you're not the person! You know, I think there's something funny about that, kind of shouting. Hello, tomorrow! Yeah, exactly. Hello, tomorrow! <laughs> no, so, no, tomorrow. No. Yeah, that kind of thing. I think there's yeah. just just the, the difference in mm-hmm. this kind of calm voice. And this kind of very angry voice! Yeah. I think there's a lot of fun to be had in that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Um, have we done everything? Have we have we uh, dealt with every single thing yet? Um, and I um, I mean I it, everything in the world. What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do next? Next? Yeah. I mean, not like not sort of after this. But um, well, in I, your life, I mean. Now I'm um, just working on some comedy projects and on some job projects. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm writing some stuff basically. Okay. Yeah, I'm spending a lot. Of, I'm trying to spend some quality time on comedy because some of it is just like you just sit down in a chair and just you don't do anything. I'm trying to turn into someone that actually uses his time to do something valuable. Yeah, producing, writing, yeah. writing, writing all the time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I have uh, some projects on the on the way. Eventually, really. Uh, it, what, yeah. what kind of projects? Uh, some um, some little scripts. And also something about um, I'm trying to do some movie reviews because I tried to do them a little while ago with a friend and then we stopped and yeah. now I'm, I'm going to do some movie reviews again. What, sort of online? Yeah, online reviews, yeah. Some YouTube, mo- podcasts? Uh, well, to be fair, p- for podcasts, I don't have any of the right stuff to do it. The equipment? Exactly, equipment, because I'm quite poor. But <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have a job because of your visa situation. Exactly. Comedy so doesn't pay that much, mm-hmm. does it? It, it, it? You can buy a few tomatoes and parsnips with them. With mm-hmm. the, yeah, with the, with them. With the money of comedy, but not much more. So, yeah... Most of my time is either comedy of movies or movies. I'm just trying to, you know, 
I guess use it slash share it. Yeah. You know, it's just something I think it's quite interesting. I, I do like. Well, I I wore a BBA t-shirt just for you. So you you're wearing a Star, Star Wars, Star Wars t-shirt. Star Wars t-shirt just for me. I exactly. appreciate that. Yeah. Very, so, uh, I like the effort. But as yeah. I said before, I knew that you were wearing the Star yeah, yeah. Wars t-shirt before you arrived because exactly. I I felt it. <laughs> I felt it in the force. I felt a disturbance. Exactly. You you saw Rogue One? I saw Rogue One. Okay. Uh, I liked it? it. I liked it. Did you? It's, yeah. it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um it's um it's a one shot very fun movie. I think people uh try to like take it apart and you know it's like yeah it's it's not like the greatest movie ever or whatever but it's it's I I was when it ended I was a little blown away because it was just like and so fast paced and oh, explosions yeah. and things happening and then whatever and like Darth Vader and oh my god Darth oh, Vader oh yeah, exactly um, all these things happening but uh, yeah. obviously it joins up together with episode four doesn't it exactly that's the, that's exactly the idea. It, it's ex- that's exciting I guess um, I guess what they are thinking is that people watch it and then as soon as they've finished yeah. it they'll stick on episode four and watch that <laughs> exactly although if they do that it'll be a bit strange because yeah. it, 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 it connects well but at the same time it doesn't connect very well well visually it's, it, it's I think it's going to be like interesting to just like move from 2016 back to 77 right yeah like suddenly the the yeah. picture quality is not quite as good as it yeah. was uh, f- yeah, a few exactly. minutes before oh, exactly oh this this hologram is a little blurry <laughs> <laughs> exactly but also just some of the motivations now are we going to spoil star wars here at this i don't point? know uh, did you spoil it already i've or? already spoiled it I, yeah, yeah I, I, i've I'm already spoiled it completely but my 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 feeling about spoilers is that they're not that important like avo- avoid them obviously if you can, yeah. But I don't think a good movie can be ruined by spoilers. Okay, definitely not uh, Star Wars or Taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does take her back. <laughs> that's, that's a spoiler. The, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, the movie is that she gets taken. You I, know. I, I think the last the last line of the movie is taken accomplished. You yeah, know? that's right. Taken. Exactly. We told you it was called Taken. <laughs> exactly. What did you expect? Uh, taken back. Um, yeah, like it, I mean, if that's why people rewatch movies, they know what's happening. You know, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though yeah, the, the the surprise is part of the enjoyment, but I mean, a really good movie is not really ruined by a spoiler. But some films are based on a plot twist. Like the whole enjoyment is based on the, the then fact they're not that, that good. You don't expect something to come. Then they're not that good. Well, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If a movie is only a plot twist, how good is it? Yeah. If there's no attachment to the characters or like no interesting story, and this is like, oh, it was his father the whole time. Ima- ima- imagine if the whole episode five was just his his dad. Is the dad? But there's so much more. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that uh, people would have people people enjoyed mm-hmm. episode five. Because they didn't know that Darth yeah. Vader was Luke's guy. I yeah. think that the twist was was one of the greatest moments. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a climax, of course. I'm not saying spoil everything. I'm saying if you yes, can. Yes, you are. Yeah, you, you say, look, spoil <laughs> all films. No one enjoys movies until I've enjoyed them. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, sorry. I, it's, okay. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm saying, it, don't go and read. Is okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So I did something with the mic. Uh, yeah, you switched it, it off for a second. Exactly. Um, I'm not saying uh, go and read all the spoilers. Uh, that's, I mean, why? But if accidentally somewhere you hear a spoiler, don't like tweet to the person like you ruined my life. What you're you saying, know? Fred, is that if you spoil the film for <laughs> someone, they have mm-hmm. no right to complain. 
Exactly. They, they have no right. <laughs> if you spoil someone's enjoyment of a film, they have no right don't, to be angry with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, don't come to me. I, I'm not. <laughs> it's not. I, I, I didn't. I didn't do anything. I was just <laughs> expressing my my thoughts. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I look forward to seeing you know some of the stuff that you're going to come up with. Sure. I can't wait to see the spoon routine. Yeah, the spoon routine. Yeah, I tried it once. It worked okay, so I'm going to try it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, you got to yeah. g- you got to give these things a chance. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I've been working on some of my stuff for bloody ages, <laughs> and it, it takes time sometimes for it. Yeah. For, for for me, it takes time to remember it that's the thing okay. like i can write the whole i can write a whole 10 minute routine of st- uh, okay. uh, stand up like i've got yeah that was exciting i've got a thing about you know taken yeah. that you might have heard but yeah. i've re- i've got about 10 minutes on yeah. taken and whenever i try it i can only remember about 5 minutes <laughs> at a time so it's it like it takes me ages to remember the thing yeah. and then you start to refine it and you start to add bits yeah. and you start to learn where the audience falls asleep yeah. <laughs> and where and where the audience really enjoy it yeah exactly and you kind of focus on that th- those bits yeah. and, did you did you watch all the taken movies yeah i've seen all of them oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, i yes. i i think i've only f- the the movie I only I watch entirely is Taken Three, the only ones I watch bits of them here and there and really? I, I get it, but the only what? one I went to the cinema for because in Cameroon the cinema situation is complicated so you don't just go out for movies because we don't have a lot of active cinemas that just show things okay. when they when they get out yeah so it's usually like streaming and downloading and or on TV when it comes out on TV mm-hmm. so I don't think I, I I was here for the other ones. But I went for the Taken 3 movie. So you started with Taken 3. Exactly. I mean, oh. I knew about them. I knew that, you know, he had his particular set of skills and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew about the lion. I don't know who you are. Exactly. All that stuff. Who you are. Uh, oh, man. Can you can we do an accent? Can you do the accent? Well, his accent? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's kind of like a Northern Ireland. Exactly. Gone to California. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you are. So it's not R. It's not a R sound. R. It's I don't know who you are. R. 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 So, R. R. He's not a pirate. <laughs> I don't know who you are. Patrick the I. R. I, I legend has it you've taken me daughter. <laughs> no, he's not a pirate. Yeah. I don't know. I would say, I don't know who you are. R. I don't know. I don't know who you are. That's how I'd say okay. it. But he's from Northern Ireland, so he sort of rounds the R off. Okay. I don't R. know who you are. Okay. Okay. I don't know what you want. What you want. Okay. I know that you have my daughter. Daughter. Yes. That's know, it. Right if you, there. If you, if you let her go now, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> that'll be the end of it. So, that'll be the end of it. End of it. Yeah, not that'll be the end of it. Yeah, but the end of it. That'll be the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we yeah. could go so, on. Yeah, yeah, we can go on. That, yeah. No, but in Taken 3, mm-hmm. nobody gets taken. Did you notice? Um, yeah, you're, you're right, aren't you? Yeah, no one actually gets taken. <laughs> the audience gets taken. Well, <laughs> we get we get taken for a ride <laughs> for a, for a snooze ride. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you haven't seen Taken One? Yes, I have. I think I never sat down and watched all of it on one like in, in one seating, but I, I I watched all of it. You saw my. I think stand- maybe in two parts. Yeah, but I have, I have, I've, I've seen it. You, you you saw my stand-up routine. That was enough, probably. You just, you just <laughs> exactly. absorbed the film through through all the different exactly. uh, cultural references and exactly. things like that, exactly. and the memes and everything. Yeah, Taken One is in actually a pretty well put together film. Yeah, it is. I, I it disagree is. with a lot of the 
um, basic assumptions <laughs> that underline the film. Like, yeah, just kill everyone. It's fine. You know, where are they from? Oh, they're sort of vaguely terroristy type naughty are, people. Are they Albanian? I think they're Albanian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so, exactly. yeah, go ahead. They're Albanian. Just kill them. It's fine. Yeah. You don't need to get uh, <laughs> a, a, a warrant from the police to break into that yeah, building. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's just crazy. It's like some sort of middle-aged American man's fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Where he's kind of like, you know. I'm a badass. I'm a, I, I love my daughter. <laughs> I love her so much. I'm beyond the law. <laughs> <laughs> His, you know, basically, if you love your daughter that much, then yeah. you, you, you know the law doesn't apply to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You can go to a judge and say that she's my daughter. Exactly. What else could have I done but yeah. murder all these guys? Imagine, like, you know, he's ta- Interpol finally tra- <laughs> tracked Liam Neeson down. Yeah, exactly. And the European sort of criminal investigation. They got him and they brought yeah. him to court in in Brussels or yeah, something. Exactly. And like, you know, Order in the courts. Uh, here we uh, the, read the indictment. Uh, the indictment is that Liam Neeson, or whatever the character's name was, uh, uh, 17 counts of murder uh, in the first degree, uh, uh, illegal entry, uh, 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 aggravated assault yeah. with a deadly weapon, torture. Yeah. Uh, okay, thank you for expired reading. Expired char- visa, probably. Exp- uh, Travelling with an expired yeah. visa, uh, illegal recording of, uh, of telephone conversations. Yes. Let me hear the counsel for the defence. <laughs> Our defence rests, uh, Your Honour, on one single uh, point. Uh, he he really loves his daughter. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, look, court case dismissed. <laughs> Isn't she cute? Come on. <laughs> Would he have murdered all this man? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, once you once you understand the balance of the the yeah. case, once exactly. you once you. Uh, have uh, have considered yeah. all the facts. Yeah, exactly. It's clear that uh, yeah. it's M- all may- justified. Maybe once we have kids of our own, it's gonna we're gonna see that movie in a completely different light. Oh yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Maybe with a baby daughter, we're gonna be like, oh, I get it now. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you think that when we have children at mm-hmm. some point, not you and me? I mean, mm-hmm. we're, that's not that's impossible. Yeah, but, uh, we're, we're spoons, so we can't. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I have kids one day, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I dread to think of the situation where it happens. If if that happened to me, yeah. how would I use my particular set of skills <laughs> to get out, to, to rescue her? You I know, like, I'd get them uh, on the phone, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you want. You should know that I have a very particular set of skills. I'm, I can teach you grammar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you I, I will maybe just write on Facebook a lot. I'll bore you to death. With, exactly. I'll bore you to death with grammar rules. Exactly. Do you like facts about my country? <laughs> I have many of them. <laughs> Release my, my daughter. My country borders six other nations. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's known as the hinge of Africa. Yeah, exactly. Or the, um, as they tell us in uh, ge- geography lessons, African miniature. Because of all the different savannah, forest, mountains. Africa in miniature. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So you, if you get to Cameroon, you can see all types of landscapes in just one country. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, I think that pretty much brings this podcast to a close. Yes. Fred. Oh, my God. Thanks for taking part. We did it. We did it. We got there. We got there. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, do you have anything else to say to the people of the world? Because <laughs> this is what I always ask people at the end of the episode. Do you have any? You've got the ears of the of, of planet Earth and beyond listening to you. I don't know. Uh, d- just take care, guys. Just be good to other people. You know, like uh, I know it's it's tough out there, just with your one life. But from time to time, just 
look to the left, look to the right, like who's there, what's happening to them, and you know, just like check out like what's happening. Yeah, just just yeah, look exactly. after each other. Also, uh, I guess hashtag bring back our internet for the people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite weird, right? Yes, it is actually. <laughs> we were laughing about it earlier, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's pretty serious. Well, that's how we work. We we talk about things, and how way to to process is to laugh about them. Yeah. Um, Fred, I should just uh, also, I've, I haven't done this for a while mm -hmm. with guests I've had on the podcast, but it's a tradition I used to do. I'd mm -hmm. just like to present you with this certificate. Oh, thank you. There you thank go. you very it's much. Just a, a certificate to show that you've you've been a um, an attendee on Luke's English podcast, a participant on I'm, the podcast. I'm so happy. It's going to go with my other certificates. You can put that up on your wall. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't really exist, but mm -hmm. don't mm -hmm. let that stop you. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Never. How? Imaginations is my field. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Let the idea carry you through. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is it a magic kind of certificate? It's a magic certificate. Can I fly on it like the magic carpet? If you like, yeah. If, oh. you, if you really think about the it. carpet. I'm trying accents again. Okay. Which, I'm bad at it. Which accent was that? I think maybe it was Scottish. Carpet. I don't, and so vaguely. Carp, carpet. Car oh, like, the car look at you, you the got carpet. a magic carpet. No, I've just tried with accents. I'm, I'm still trying accents. I'm, I'm still bad at them. Well, it's fun to mess around <laughs> with them, you know. It's, I'm doing voices, not accents. Yeah, characters. Exactly. I exactly. think that's that's a good way of thinking about it because mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. try and do an accent, then you're never gonna. Like there is, there is no, you know, there's so again, there's so much diversity that if yeah. I, for example, if I do a Scottish accent, it's never going to be representative of all yeah. people in Scotland. Exactly. So what I just have to imagine is that I'm drunk and angry. <laughs> <laughs> and then the accent comes and now, out. That's representative. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> no, I don't mean to generalise and say all yeah, Scottish yeah, yeah. people are drunk and angry. Just yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking again, of course. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, what are you drinking there? Orange juice? Uh, you got any vodka in that? No, it's a gross stereotype of uh, mm. a drunken Scottish yeah, I know. man. They don't drink orange juice. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fred. Okay. All right. Um, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. And uh, I'll see you soon at a comedy show. No yes. See you, see you very soon. Okay, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so that was Fred Iango, and I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation as much as we enjoyed actually having it. Um, what I'd like to do now is just recap some of the things that Fred said about improving your English. So let's go over some of those things again in order to really sort of pin them down. Um, okay, now I know that what some of you might be thinking, you might be thinking, but Fred had English lessons when he was four years old. That's cheating. Um, okay, you might be thinking that because he started uh, and he had some uh, English classes when he was young, that that's kind of like cheating because, you know, many of you listening to this are trying to work on your English in adulthood, only in adulthood, you know, not having spent any time as a child on the language. Um, you might feel like that's cheating or something. I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking. But um, um, I, it, certainly it helps. We know that it helps to start, you know, early, to start as early as possible. Definitely that helps. But not in every case. In fact, I've met um, plenty of adults who did take English lessons in childhood, you know, uh, they started early and yet their English is still not great. So it's not an absolute guarantee. 
It's not just about starting early. It's also about the way that you apply yourself to your English uh, in adulthood as an ongoing thing. Um, so, you know, it's not just the childhood stuff and the childhood experiences. It's also the other things that you do throughout your life. So let's just, as I said, go over uh, some of the things that Fred mentioned into, about uh, about English and ways to improve your English. So one point was immerse yourself immerse yourself in English content that you really like. Uh, the important thing there is that it's content that you really like. Um, in the case of Fred, it's comedy and films. Now, we all know about this. We all know the importance of kind of uh, exposing yourself to lots of English, but it is worth repeating. Um, so there it is again. Get some English into your everyday life and make sure it's content that you're fascinated by. Uh, in the case of Fred, it was comedy, stand-up comedy. Um, and uh, second point, notice or track vocabulary as you're listening or reading and go the extra mile. So when you, I'm talking about noticing vocabulary or tracking uh, vocabulary, as Fred put it. Now, this doesn't just mean watching films with subtitles on, although that is also a very good idea, you know, watching movies with or without subtitles in English. Um, we know, again, that's a good idea. That piece of advice has been said a million times. You know, watch English movies, English language movies with the subtitles on in English. Uh, that has been said many times, and it is true. It definitely helps. But, you know, you should try to go the extra mile. Um, you know, while you're watching, listening or reading... You should track the language or notice the language while you're consuming it. So make a point of noticing specific bits of English, like vocabulary items, phrases, whatever, and then research that language by investing it, investigating it online, by reading around the, 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 the word, finding more active examples of it using Google or Wikipedia. As Paul Taylor has said on this podcast, just Wikipedia it. And in this case, it is good advice uh, when you're doing self-study. So, you know, find examples of new words and expressions, not just definitions, and read plenty of examples. For example, uh, by using the News tab in Google search results. So if you search for a word or phrase in Google, don't just look at the definitions that you get, but also click the News tab and you'll see news stories that feature that word, okay? Okay. Or, of course, by just searching through Wikipedia and then you explore uh, the, all of the other associated uh, ideas and expressions around a word or, or, some, or a concept. So you explore it until you've made plenty of connections and associations with that new word and you know it well enough to start using it. And also, you know, you do have to start using it too. So you need to find ways of not just like looking at a definition or looking at examples, but trying to get the English into your head and then out through your mouth or out through your fingers in the form of writing. So you need to try and produce this new language that you're consuming as well. And that's the, the way to kind of make the circle complete, as it were. Um, work with audio and transcripts. So, um, you know, Fred was talking about these CDs that he had, which had transcripts, and that obviously made a big difference. Um, so work with audio and transcripts. So listen to whatever it is you're listening to, and then check out some words that you don't know by circling or highlighting them 
in the transcript and then going the extra mile by researching them, as we just said. For example, if you're looking for a good resource, obviously there's, you know, many of my podcast episodes have transcripts. Uh, my other podcast, A Phrasal Verb A Day, all of those episodes have got transcripts as well. But also TED Talks. You probably know about TED.com. Everyone knows about it now. Um, most TED Talks have transcripts on the TED.com website. Um, so just go to TED.com and sort of browse through all the different talks they have. And they have transcripts. Almost all of them have transcripts. Now, we all watch TED Talks from time to time. But how often are you playing around with the interactive transcripts and really exploring the vocabulary that you can find there? So consider doing that. Go the extra mile by dipping into the transcript and really sort of looking at those words and, and, and so on. There are many techniques. I don't have time to go through them all right now because uh, I'm trying not to let this episode get too long. Uh, another point is uh, broaden your range. Broaden your range. Uh, that means in terms of the English that you're using. So you need to push yourself to use the language that you're picking up by finding new ways to say the same thing. So avoid just using the simple the simple way. Avoid using the simple verbs like be or have all the time. Now, you know, obviously you've got to bear in mind the importance of effective communication. Sometimes it's best to keep it simple and just use the most simple way to express your idea. Sometimes that's best. But if you're looking at expanding your vocabulary, you need to try and push yourself away from some of the basic stuff that you might be using. Um, even though that basic stuff is vital, Sometimes you've got to try and push yourself away and look for other options uh, that involve slightly more complex uh, ways of doing it. And when you're listening, you know, try to notice the, the ways in which, you know, other people are um, using more complex, complex uh, uh, language to say things that could equally be said in a very simple way. So just, you know, look at all the different options and try to broaden your range a bit. Um, another point is uh, be creative. Write down your ideas. Um, okay, now uh, Fred is a creative person. He's the sort of guy who's writing things a lot. He's writing comedy sketches. He's writing poetry as well. Now, you could try doing it. There's no reason why you can't try and express your ideas and express your creativity in English. Um, you could write some comedy, some, some poetry, or some stories if you feel like it. Um, just find a place where you can share your work, like, for example, a spoken word, open mic night, or something like that. Or, you know, you could start writing your ideas down in a blog, or even just a diary. Even if it's, even if no one, for example, reads your work, it's good practice to write every day in English, just to try and develop your voice in English. Even if no one is reading it, it can be a good idea to just write a lot every day. Um, okay. Um, another thing is to socialize and be outgoing. So go out and meet people who you can speak English to. Find your own peer group for socializing in English. Step outside your comfort zone and be social in English. And that will help too. Okay, that's it. So go the extra mile and push your English, but do keep enjoying it. Do enjoy it. That's one of the most important things as well. So, um, in terms of some of the comedians Fred mentioned, uh, I'm not going to talk about them now because there isn't time because I'm trying to stop this episode getting too long. Uh, but you can check the website, check the page for this episode on the website for uh, a selection of videos of the comedians that Fred mentioned with a little bit of text to kind of tell you about them. 
Okay, also join the mailing list. That's the easiest way to get access to the page for every episode where you can find all that other information. Uh, But that's it for this one. Speak to you again very soon on the podcast. But for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.